With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Hello everyone. Today's special guest is John Buchanan who coached the Australian men's cricket team between 1999 and 2007. During that time, he led his country to Ashes successes and two 50-over World Cup triumphs in 2003 and 2007. But what many people don't know is that during the summers of 1978 and 1979, John played for Cambridgeshire in the Minor Counties Championship. In this podcast, John looks back with affection at his time with Cambridgeshire. We also get his thoughts on this year's much-anticipated Ashes contest. You will also hear from Cambridgeshire stars of the past, Alan Ponder and Nigel Gadsby, who both played with John, along with former Hertfordshire opening bowler Bill Merry, who played against him in 1978. Opening up the podcast, as he did many times for Cambridgeshire, is Nigel Gadsby. Cambridge has got a very rich history and uh, he's certainly part of it. You know, we've, we're very lucky to not only have John Buchanan, who went on to coach and manage Australia, probably coach actually, and we also had Duncan Fletcher, who, who went on to coach England. So so we've, we've got a, sort of some, some very famous characters who have, have played with us. So we're very lucky to play with them and also have been fantastic cricketers and gone on to creative things in the cricket world. Hello, John. Thanks for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion to talk about your playing days with Cambridgeshire in 1978 and 1979. Thanks, Dean. Lovely to be here. And um, as we were just discussing off air, it's a long time ago and memories fade, but we'll try and do our best to recall some things anyway. Well, I hope they were happy days. They were. I really, really did enjoy the time I had in Cambridge. I mean, obviously, I was. Um, at Oldham in the Central Lanks League and, um, you know, two contrasting probably competitions as well as clubs you couldn't really 
imagine, because Olin was just a pure working class club. We uh, we had a little oval at the back of some dingy sort of lanes and the clubhouse was falling apart. The, the bar wasn't much better, only propped up by everybody that was in there, I think. <laughs> um, and uh, then to spend the second half of 78 at Cambridgeshire and then 79, it, it was just, yeah, a real breath of fresh air because the cricket was different too, of course. You know, uh, Central Lanks was all one-day cricket, uh, whereas minor county cricket was two days with, I think it was an enforced, well, it wasn't an enforced follow-on, but there were no bonus points, I think, after 60 overs or something like that. And, uh, and so it really made teams work about trying to get a result in, in two days, which made a really interesting cricket. But the uh, countryside, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be housed with Brian Gasbin, his wife, and um, very young son at that stage, Nigel. Uh, I can't remember whether there's any other family members, but it, it, it felt like I was in the, you know, landed gentry, beautiful fields and uh, farming areas and open space and generally it was clean and sunny and, yeah, just just what I thought English Creek was all about. Well, let's um, go back to the 1970s, late 1970s, to, to find out where you were as a cricketer at that time. Yes, look, I'd uh, been Brisbane Cricket of the Year to, to, uh, for two years and I had quite, uh, basically had a, what the term, a human movement studies degree, so a Bachelor of Human Movement Studies, which was really an, an advanced form of physical education degree. I'd, I'd started... Working, but I was in the state squad from probably, I don't know, probably Queensland state squad that is from probably about 75, 76 season. And a whole lot of guys within that state squad were always traveling to England, playing in various leagues. And you know, when I started following cricket, I started following cricket probably when I was about ooh, six or seven on the radio, and it was Australia's tour of England. In 61, I think that would have been, somewhere in a, thereabouts. And just it fueled and fired so many dreams and, and uh, passions about the game, that, which I never and still, still have today, you know. So I tried to follow those dreams as far as I could and so I managed to, as I said, get into the state squad. And, and you know, I was always following county cricket as a young fellow, I'd have all the cricket magazines. I'd be writing away for autographs and, you know, I'd follow different teams or different players. And and so, yeah, it just seemed to me that I needed to go to England to, to play cricket at some point in time. So um, I think I wrote to a whole range of leagues and various um, teams within those leagues and, um it was Oldham that came back and offered me a, a professional role in '78. Uh, I think I was paid the uh, huge sum of five hundred pounds. I think for the season, and um, and a friend of mine and I, we we uh, decided we'd both go together. So I was the pro and he was the amateur, Ryan Rubin. So we 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 just headed off and uh, landed in. 
Paris and hired a, the old Ugly Duckling, the, the Renault, I think it was, and Renault, which which had the sunroof and the and the gear stick on the on the dashboard, and and we decided we'd tour through uh, through Europe before we got to England to start the season, and uh, somewhere along there, I was awarded the Brisbane Cricket of the Year again, so I was flying back to Brisbane and awarded the the um, the gong, and then flew back to uh, where I left my mate in Frankfurt. He picked me up, and we continued the journey, you know, so. Um, so that was kind of 78, and, and it was all about just gaining experience, more experiences. You know, that was really the whole part, really just trying to fine-tune your game. And I remember the first game that we played as Ultimate, it was against Littleborough, and Joel Garner was there, pro. And um, in, in fact, it was actually snowing, so we couldn't start the game on time because it, it cleared the snow off the ground. And, um, and then it came time to toss. We tossed. And whether we must have lost the toss because we were sent in. And so the captain came back into the dressing room and said, right, we're, we're batting. And then he said, well, who's opening the batting? And, of course, nobody put their hand up because Joel Garner was the, the, the opening <laughs> bowler. My, my mate put his hand up and as pro, I was sent in as number three with the job of just uh, trying to defend Joel Garner while everybody else tried to score runs at the other end, you know, so... So that was kind of the beginning and the learnings of, of being a pro and playing in Central Lennox League. And somewhere through that, and, and we were working, we, I think we were, we were boarding with a bloke by the name of Bob Blair who'd been a New Zealand test cricketer and he was uh, pretty instrumental in getting a whole range of players over into Central Lennox League for different clubs and so on. And we ended up housing with him for our stay. But also realised because Brian, my mate, was an amateur and I was only being paid five hundred pounds, we had to work. So we worked through the the week and, and then played cricket on the weekends. But eventually, um, the uh, Cam- Cambridge job or role came up, which allowed me then not to work through the week and uh, and go and play cricket, which I thought was a far better idea. How would you describe your batting in those days? It must have been it's not the best start when you're playing Joel Garner on a. <laughs> Um, oh look, uh, my, my batting was okay. I was um, basically an all rounder. Eventually, seventy nine. If we came back from uh, uh, no, I think it was seventy eight, seventy nine. I can't quite remember now. But anyway, somewhere in there, ended up opening the batting for Queensland for for a season or so, and not bowling. Whereas, really, my main forte was just sort of medium pace bowling in swing and and. Uh, you know, batting a bit, but um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the role. Really enjoyed the, the role, and um, particularly, you know, there was the likes of Joel and Colin Croft, um, Franklin Stevenson, um, and, and of course Derek Parry was there. There was a good smattering of real international class professionals in the league, and and you know they had some pretty good local players as well. So, how did the move to Cambridgeshire come about in 1978? Yeah, look, I, I'm not 100% sure. I think I was looking to try and play some cricket. I, I may have actually uh, contacted a range of county clubs or minor county clubs again to see what opportunities were there. And I'm pretty sure it was probably Brian that, that contacted me and, and uh, said, would you like to, to play the, which turned out to be probably the second half of the season with Cambridgeshire. So, yeah, I said, definitely. And... Um, you know that that began a 
an association of a season and a half anyway. In this clip, John's captain at Cambridgeshire, Alan Ponder, recalled his memories of the then young Aussies move to the county, which he thought originated from former Cambridgeshire players David Ferry and Brian Gadsby. I, I do know they used to go up to uh, visit the sort of Lancashire leagues and uh, uh, either see people playing or word of mouth or whatever. So I, I guess it came about, you know, they, they obviously went up there one weekend and perhaps saw him play. And uh, and I guess that's how it came about. I can't be more specific than that. Because in those days, there was lots of overseas players playing in minor county cricket. Yes, there were, definitely. And and most of them uh, were playing up in the Lancashire League as well. And uh, yeah, Cambridgeshire were very fortunate. We uh, we had uh, we had Terry Jenner, 1971-72. Um, a chap called Peter Swart, who was South African, played about 75-76. Duncan Fletcher, 1977, I think. Uh, and then John Buchanan, 78, 79, Derek Parry. Uh, and the other sides, uh, I remember Lincolnshire had Hartley Elaine playing, um, uh, chap called Junior Williams, who opened the bowling for Jamaica, um, Dilip Doshi at Hertfordshire. Uh, yeah, just about every minor county would have a, a quality overseas player, most of whom uh, were playing uh, Test match cricket. You made your Cambridgeshire debut at Fenners on the 7th of August against Hertfordshire. I know it's a long while ago, John, but what do you recall of that match? You had a good game. Yeah, probably not. Not a lot, really. Uh, I know you, you were very kind of doing a bit of research and sending me three scoreboards. And uh, I must say, apart from the uh, the Edward Sharp one, uh, I quite enjoyed reading the scoreboards that you sent through. Um, but yeah, I'd... I really don't recall too much about the game uh, itself, uh, probably just that I was very keen to do well and I'd heard a lot about Fenners just through history and during teams playing there. So I guess from a personal point of view, I, I really wanted to do well in, in my first game. So probably fortunately I did. Well, you, you batted four. You got four and 28 in the two innings. Uh... Cambridgeshire got 112, Lincolnshire then 126. Then Cambridgeshire went in again and got 111. So 28 is quite a big score in that. Uh, and then Hertfordshire were bowled out for 78. And you added you had figures of 17 overs, 11 maidens, three for 12. Yeah, well, that's I'm happy with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean maybe you know that's a pretty low scoring game, and. Uh, my recollection of, of Fenners, or at least the history of Fenners, was to say this is a beautiful batting week. You know, everybody scores lots of runs at Fenners, but obviously in that match, there wasn't that many runs scored. And, um, yeah, I suppose my bowling was, as I said, just medium pace and in-swing, but it did rely on accuracy. Um, and uh, I guess maybe those, those figures told the story and the wicket, by the sound of it, must have helped the pace that I was bowling at. So... Uh, um, yeah, in the end, it was a it was a reasonable debut, and and uh, happy to have put that performance on the board for Cambridge. One person who was playing for the opposition in August 1978 was Hertfordshire opening bowler Bill Merry. 
Bill, what do you remember about the 7th and 8th of August, 1978, when you're playing for Hertfordshire against Cambridgeshire featuring John Buchanan? <laughs> well, John was new to us, and I don't think, um, you know, he had a big a big reputation as one of the professionals in there. So, um, but uh, we always enjoyed playing at Fenners. Uh, I remember it being a bit of a rain-affected pitch. Um, it's quite significant because the 8th of August is my birthday. Um, and that was the day that we ended up losing it. Uh, and I, I, re- I certainly remember Harry Latchman playing for um, for Cambridge, uh, as well as the usual suspects. So we, we got to know them because we always played Cambridge twice in that in that uh, eastern sort of division. So uh, people like Alan Ponder and Dougie Collard and Martin Stevenson and Derek Wing were were sort of familiar faces that we played not only in club cricket but also in those minor county games. So I think the disappointing thing for us was that uh, at the end of it, we had less than 100 to get and finished sort of 20 short, um, despite Brian Collins, who was not renowned for his batting, getting, I don't know, 25, 30. And, um, but yeah, disappointing. I bagged a pair in that. I wasn't going to mention that. And on your birthday, you must have bagged a pair. Uh, I, I bagged, a, bagged a pair, yeah. Yeah, but... Um, yeah, disappointing match. It was a disappointing match. And no score of no score of over fifty in the whole game. No score of over fifty. No, no, nobody. Uh, I think I think Cambridge got, I don't know, 110 or something twice. Uh and as I say, we just needed 98, which you you'd have thought we'd have found a way of doing it, but the batting had failed all, all year. So it was not a not a good year for us. And along with, with John Buchanan, uh from Australia, there was lots of overseas players who played minor county cricket in the seventies and early eighties. Uh, there were, there were uh, Middlesex uh, two two years earlier uh, in nineteen seventy six had Dilip Doshi, who was uh, an Indian Test bowler, uh, and he was instrumental in in um, Hertfordshire beating Essex in the Gillette Cup at Hitchin. So being brave enough, batting, got 165, and an Essex side that included Graham Gooch and Ken McEwen found it very difficult to score against uh, Doshi, who got four wickets. And uh, our off-spinner was a guy called Robin Johns, who was an Oxford Blue. Uh, I think Robin also got four wickets. So uh, it was great fun. There were, yeah, it, it, there was a number of players, not only overseas players that, that were coming in there, but there were also some good cricketers that came out of uh, minor county cricket that went on to play uh, county cricket and, in fact, some of them test cricket. So, you know, Dean Headley played minor county cricket, Will Slack played minor county cricket, um, Paul Taylor sort of played minor t- county cricket, Mark Islet, minor county cricket, all all came through and went on and played uh, test cricket. So John was entering uh, quite a tough tough standard of cricket then, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, because I... I I don't. I don't know John's first class uh, record. He came from Queensland, didn't he? But um, I don't know how much first class cricket he played. But he obviously made his name as a coach. Um, in fact, that particular game um, ended up having a big Middlesex connection because Harry Latchman was ex Middlesex. The following year, I signed uh, for Middlesex, and then you know a little later, John became coach at Middlesex. So at the time, uh, yeah, who would have known? <laughs> Your second match for Cambridgeshire 
I'm not going to go through every game, but your second match was the county debut of a future Cambridgeshire star and captain in Nigel Gadsby. Uh, Nigel recalls the game quite a lot, actually, because um, uh, you got, uh, Cambridgeshire got bowled out by former England leg spinner Robin Hobbs. You played a couple of games with him, including your debut against Suffolk. Do you remember batting with him? No, I, 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 well, to be honest, I didn't bat very long at Suffolk. My debut was at, uh, I remember, at Milton Hall. And uh, the first thing is I only went in for a couple of balls. and we, I got one not out. And then, we, then Alan Ponder declared. In the second innings, we were set quite a lot of runs and we were struggling. And I went in and I had to face Robin Hobbs. And I remember, because he was a very famous leg spinner who played for Essex for many years. And I kept thinking to myself, is he going to bowl me a, a leg spinner, a googly? And I think he bowled me a a straight ball, a very ordinary straight ball, and I was plum LBW. So I was there for a very short while. I was pretty certain I got naught. I did get one in the first inning, so at least it wasn't a pair. And I don't think I batted with John Buchanan because I was there for such a short space of time that um, I'm sure he was been in before me, probably. I do remember remember the leg spinning, that's for sure, Robin Hobbs, but I, I... I don't recall the game, but um, again, but uh, it was good to, to know that Nigel was making his debut, and uh, and obviously, you know, as I said before, I was very lucky to be uh, looked after by by Brian and his wife. They're uh, at their what seemed to be a, a mansion for me, and compared to where we were in in uh, in Oldham. And, uh, every time I got down there, really enjoyed their company. Certainly enjoyed the food that was being put on. And uh, and uh, then enjoyed the games after that. You know, it might be easier for me to. Uh, I can recall just a couple of things that, that stood out um, for for no no particular reason, I suppose. One was obviously second year round. Um, Derek Perry came on board, so we play um, league cricket Saturday and some and, and a lot of times Sunday for the, the Wood Cup Championship in Central Lanks. And then uh, I had my wife to be with with us second year. Um, so we would then drive and pick Derek up and he'd, he'd sort of sit in the back of the car and as most West Indians would do, you wouldn't hear too much from him by the time he got into the car to the time he got out of the car. He was just enjoying sitting back, being pretty casual and... Uh, and having a bit of a snooze, but um, he was a lovely guy, just a, a really lovely guy, and, uh, and, he, and he obviously did very well at, at Cambridge himself, um, test cricketer, off spinner, hit the ball really well. And uh, I do remember trying to catch up with him on a couple of tours to the West Indies, but um, he was just on a little island um, near some kits, I think, or it might have been some kits, but I never really caught up with him. But um, so I, I do remember him. I do remember the drives down. I do remember, and I reckon it was the first year and uh, maybe one of the Cambridge year guys can recall, but there, there seemed to be a, a game. Now, whether that was invented for a naive Australian cricketer or whether it was an actual game, I'm not sure, but it seemed to be something we were doing around the table with each other and then whoever won or lost had to drink a pint and then sprint out to the wicket and back 
And I do somehow recall I must have had about 10 sprints or so that night. And I've never felt so crook the next day. I think the Gadsby's had, had to put up with me that night. I, I don't think I disgraced myself, but I must have gone pretty close. Um, so there was, as I said, that was either a real game or one just invented on the spot to uh, try to put me under the table. And then, um, and then I do recall whether it was that season, I think it might have been the next season, was Edridge and, and Sharp, you know, just... Uh, couple of the old greats of um, English cricket, particularly John Andrews, and um, because I was an in-swing bowler, I'd, I'd generally be taking the ball, obviously, away from his outside edge. And he just seemed to edge just about every ball that I bowled to him, down to third man or through the cordon. And as a pretty typical, I suppose, boisterous, young Australian bowler, I decided, you know, enough was enough. So I had a crack at him for, for edging so many deliveries, at which time he just politely told me that he scored over, whatever it was, 10,000 runs in test cricket. And he said a huge percentage of those was played with that shot, just taking the ball off the edge and down through through the slip score and the third man to get just to keep taking the score over. So... He very quickly put me in my place and uh, and both of them really put, I think, us in our places with a big partnership in that game. Yeah, John Edridge and Phil Sharp were both playing for Norfolk and I think uh, John had only like four years previous to that in 1975 scored a 150 against uh, against Australia, Lillian Thompson. So, yeah. He still knew how to hold back, that's for sure. What about some of the characters that played for Cambridgeshire? Can you remember some of the other players you played with? Because you opened the batting and the bowling. Opening the batting with Martin Stevenson, you put on 100 in one game with him, and also Alan Ponder, the captain. Yes, uh, I do recall Alan. I really liked Alan. Um, you know, he's a, uh, a competitor and, um, you know, from, from behind the stumps, he was always trying things, and he, he obviously gave me a fair bit of bowling, so I suppose that's why I liked him as well. Um, but, no, look, it was just a – nobody kind of stands out to me at the moment, and that's probably due to my memory, not so much to the individuals, but I just found it a really, really good dressing room, just a, a wonderful bunch of guys who enjoyed their cricket, tried to play it, you know, as competitively as possible, tried to – look to win games wherever they could possibly do that. And then after the game, you know, we enjoyed each other, each other's company, enjoyed the company of, of uh, the teams that we were playing against. And, um, you know, that's why I really look forward every every sort of midweek to be able to come down or whenever the games are on to, to drive down from, from Oldham and join them and um, and then see what we could do over the two days. You know? So oh, <laughs> I, I should say... And it is true. I have really fond memories of Cambridge, except the memories are very short in terms of what I can remember, except to say it was just a, a really good time, really good cricket, really good people. And, uh, yeah, and, and it certainly helped my, my uh, cricket in terms of playing against different quality of players, different type of players, different style of game. And... And certainly my game benefited from uh, from being amongst them and in that sort of competition. How did you find the pitches? 
Uh, well, I think they must have been to my liking from a from a buying perspective. I think probably batting wise, I tended to struggle a bit, um, which you know to some degree I did in Oldham as well. Although second season I was a little bit better, but um, generally where I'd come from 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 Queensland, I suppose that the ball tended to come onto the bat a little bit more and uh, and probably a little bit straighter, whereas over there a little bit slower, sometimes a bit lower, and um, yeah, yeah, I just wasn't able to really adjust my game to to the conditions as well as I, I would have liked. But I guess that was something that I, maybe I learned over time. But you did top the bowling averages for Cambridgeshire in both years you were here. Um, yeah, well, as I said, I, probably the, you know, part of the explanation there is that the wickets did suit my style of bowling. As I said, it was just medium pace and a mixture of in-swing and a bit of cutting or, or seam bowling so um, and, and accuracy was really um, the cornerstone that that I built through that season and the next season with Cambridgeshire plus being proud of them. Let's find out from Alan and Nigel about John's qualities as a cricketer. What were John's qualities as a player? Well he was <laughs> it's, it's... He was a fantastic bowler in minor counties. Um, it, it's quite unusual, really, because he was signed primarily as a batsman. He he opened the batting for Queensland in state cricket in Australia, but very rarely bowled. If he did bowl, he was sort of like the fifth or sixth seamer. Uh, but for Cambridgeshire, it was complete reverse. Um, he actually struggled with the bat and... Uh, you know, um, found runs difficult to get by. But as a bowler, he was he was just magnificent. Um, his bowling stands up with anybody that's played for Cambridgeshire ever, I think. Um, Johnny Wardle was probably the most successful, and John's bowling stands up with that. Um, I think he took, um, I mean, he, he, he didn't play that many matches, but uh, I believe he took uh, 39 wickets, about 14 and a half each. And a very um, economy rate of just under two and a half runs per over, uh, and yeah, he was he was a brilliant bowler. He uh, he wasn't he wasn't quick by any means, but uh, coming down from the height he came from, and he moved the ball in nicely into the batsman uh, with in swing or, or off cutters, and um, was very difficult to play. He really was very difficult to play, and it, and when he wasn't taking wickets, he was very hard to score off. It was terrific. Any memorable performances you can recall? Yeah, I think I think the the most memorable I think was uh, against uh, Wis, uh, was against Lincolnshire at Wisbeach uh, in 1979, and uh, he took um, seven wickets in the first innings and another four wickets in the second innings. So yeah, eleven wickets in the match for. Just over 100 runs, I think. It was a terrific performance against a quality Lincolnshire side. They were very strong uh, in those days, and that was a fantastic performance. How did he fit in with, with the group, and what sort of character was he? Yeah, he, he fitted in really, really well. Um, he was... Um, he was, actually, he was actually quite a quiet character, <laughs> which is quite unusual for a lot of Australians, but uh, no, quite quiet. Um uh, a very thoughtful cricketer and not totally surprised, you know, that he went on and uh, became so su- su- 
so successful in his coaching career. But yeah, he fitted in really, really well. He he was he was one of the lads. Yeah, very good. Yeah, really, really top man. Did he get quite a bit of ribbing being an Australian? Um, no, strangely enough, no, not really. Um, um, probably not as much as Terry Jenner did when Terry played for us, because <laughs> Terry was uh, always uh, liked to have a a word or two. Um, towards the opposition but uh no john was he was a very mild mannered man really and uh, so no he didn't he didn't get any ribbing really no well i i just john uh for cambridgeshire um uh was really successful was a brilliant bowler but it, it was quite unusual in 1979 we had derek parry playing as well derek who played for the west indies as an off spinner uh, you know, he's, he he, bat, he wasn't uh, he wasn't a tail ender at Test level, but he wasn't a main batter. But in 1979, Derek Parry topped the batting averages, and John Buchanan topped the bowling averages. It was almost the reverse of what was was expected. Um, but again, I just put a quick plug in for Derek Parry. Again, he was a wonderful guy and served Cambridgeshire brilliantly for about six seasons. Uh, another absolute top guy, top professional, and uh, as I repeat, John was John was as well. Thoroughly likable man, really fitted in well, and uh, a top man and a top professional. Let's hear from Nigel. What do you remember of playing with John Buchanan back in 1978 when you made well, your I, debut? Yeah, well, I remember him as uh, the the tall Australian uh, professional who was uh, probably a typical. A buccaneer in Australian with a big moustache and um, and for me being a youngster sort of the, the new boy in the team it, he was quite a daunting character but obviously he, he was quite a friendly character uh, and he, he wasn't probably in the, the Merv Hughes mould of a sort of aggression and everything he just was a was a very good cricketer and it was just uh, you know like all these professionals especially the overseas which we used to play with years ago it was always a pleasure to play with them they were all such such good players and uh and they were a lot better than us in those days, and it was a, often the battle of the pros. And and John Buchanan was not only a good bowler, but he was a very good batsman as well. Yeah, what were his qualities as a batsman and a bowler? Well, as a as a bowler, he he was what I remember. He was he was line and length. He was very accurate. He could bowl long spells. He obviously swung it both ways. Uh, so he, he probably didn't beat people for pace, but he just was his, his length and line was fantastic. And as a batsman, he was—he's just very tall and elegant, and he, he was obviously—I think he was a front foot player, despite you know having been brought up in Australian wickets. He was just an elegant player, and um, I mean, I, I do think for Cambridgeshire, uh, I think we've already said he, he did bat various numbers, and uh, I, I'm not really sure whether he was an opener or a middle order, but he was just obviously a very good batsman, and he played—he played Sheffield Shield out in Australia, so he could—he could certainly hold a bat. Before sort of some final reflections on playing cricket in England and at Cambridgeshire, what are your thoughts on the much-anticipated 2023 Ashes series? Yes, well, I think it's billed correctly that it is much-anticipated because both teams are are lining up with um, good reason to be confident about going into an Ashes series and coming out victorious. So, So that, you know, really does give everybody a fair bit of excitement and a bit of anticipation about how the series will play out. But um, firstly, it should be remembered Australia goes into that Ashes series having played a test match 
uh, for the World Test Championship against India. So, um, you know, I think that will be an initial advantage for them um, because there's nothing like, you know, playing playing games. You know, that's where you, you, you work at it, where your game's at, where the team's at. And if, in this case, they've got the opportunity to play a test match prior to going into a test series, you couldn't ask for anything better in terms of preparation for an Ashes. So I think Australia has some advantage going into the series because, again, what we see these days in world cricket is that touring sides play very, very little cricket apart from the internationals, whether that be the test format, whether that be a one-day format or, or a little bit of T20 format. So teams very rarely play, you know, county games anymore. They very rarely play provincial games. And I think that uh, makes it very difficult for, for players to perform at their best, certainly right from the outset. So going back to what I said, I think it's, it's a great advantage for Australia to have that test match first up. Um, however, what that does though do is mean that they've got six tests in a seven-week period that is physically and mentally going to test that squad. Now, again, one of the advantages that they have, which they wouldn't normally have apart from being at home, is that they've got a number of players playing county cricket. So if somebody gets injured or somebody is not scoring runs or not taking wickets, I think they've got enough backup players, quality backup players playing county cricket that they could call upon for replacements if, if needed. So so that, that's a real plus. But I really like the way that England are going about their job. Obviously, it's been termed basball. Um, but I think more importantly what it is that there's a real culture of confidence in the dressing room. I think there's a real sense that they can win games from anywhere at the moment. And, you know, if, that, if they're able to maintain that through the group that they have, then that's going to be a pretty potent force right through an Ashes series, particularly one that is so condensed as it is. So, you know, the anticipation is right. I think Australia might be in better shape going into the first test because of the advantage of playing a a test match beforehand. However, I think England's dressing room is possibly uh, in better shape than the Australian dressing room in terms of culture and, and, and confidence and so on. And so maybe both balance out and therefore if you're looking for a, a tip, then I'd always, as I said at the outset, always tip home teams these days because it is so difficult for touring teams to win away from home. Well, Australia haven't won in England since 2001, as you know. Correct. Uh, what I don't do you know think? who was coaching and I don't know who was captaining. At this no, no, I don't. I, I, I don't I have no idea. My memory's gone from that to... Yes. What, what, you, what are your key? What do you think are the key areas, though, in the in the in the series? Look, it it always comes down to I think your opening batting and your opening bowling, because if you're going to win Test matches, obviously you've got to take twenty wickets. There's no doubt about that. But at the same stage, you've still got to be able to score runs. You've got to be able to post enough runs to make sure that you can operate your bowlers the way that you would like to as a captain. And, and that's exactly what um, England have been able to do in, in a range of test matches of recent times. They've been able to 
score a lot of runs, irrespective of the pace of the game, but a lot of runs. And so that means their bowlers have been able to bowl with fields that they would like for a long period of time, which means batsmen constantly feel under pressure. So, um, you know, I think from Australia's perspective or any tennis playing in at the moment, the key is to get through their bowlers. You know, the key is to make sure that irrespective of what England scores or irrespective of how quickly they score their runs, the, the job for Australia is is to, to, to score runs. And to do that, your top two, your top three, your top four batsmen are, are key to doing that. They've got to set the platform to give that Australian cricket team uh, the opportunity to score and bat for long periods of time. And if they can do that, then I think they're in with a real chance. Well, a series certainly to look forward to, John. Just to wind up the the podcast, just your reflections of Cambridge and playing cricket in England. Did it uh, really benefit your career as a a player and as a coach? Well, it certainly benefited my career as a a player. At at that stage, I suppose I, I wasn't even anticipating coaching, but certainly the experience of not only playing cricket in a different country, but actually living in a different country, I think, makes a huge difference to not only how you approach your cricket, but just in terms of yourself and a bit of self-awareness and 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 growth as a person. So, you know, I really appreciated the opportunities that I was given both by Oldham and uh, Cambridgeshire to experience what it was like to be able to play cricket in England as a professional. And, and as a professional, you know, that that means often the ball is thrown to you and said, right, either take wickets or stop them scoring runs. Or when you bat, you know, you're you're the guy that has to either score runs or, or keep bowlers out. And and so that throws a lot of responsibility on your shoulders. And I think, you know, that's that's something all cricketers, you know, that, that want to play at a higher level really, really respond to well. So so yeah, no, look, I I enjoyed my time. It helped my game a heck of a lot. And then in terms of coaching, um, I think it, it it helped probably insofar as it, again, it gave me a different feel of what it's like to be in the dressing room, what it is like to be a professional cricketer, what it is like to play against different oppositions, what it is like to play in different conditions. And, and so all those things go into the, the mix of, your coaching philosophy, your coaching approaches, your coaching methodologies. Well, thank you, uh, John, for that. And thank you very much for joining me on the paddock and the pavilion, remembering your days playing for my home county, Cambridgeshire. Thank you, Stephen. And and that was very kind of you to say remembering, because hopefully (laughs) you've got a few more memories and so are the other boys that you're talking to. But uh, again, thanks for the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Paddock and the Pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at The Pad and Pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.